Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Flood Insurance Guru Podcast. My name is Chris Green, your host and owner of the Flood Insurance Guru and your host of this podcast. And I want to say thank you for tuning in today. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about timeshares. But before we get started on that today, if you've got questions about flood education, flood insurance, flood zone changes, make sure to visit our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. We've got free flood resources over on that website for you. You can even order an elevation certificate over there if you need to. Also, if you want the most up-to-date information on flood education and flood insurance, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. So let's talk about today's topic and what we're talking about are timeshares. You know, how does it work when it comes to flood insurance? You may ask, what is a timeshare? You know, this is kind of where the owners, you know, share the time they own there. And I'll give you an example. Um, I grew up going to Tybee Island as a kid in Georgia. And my parents had two different timeshares there, two different weeks. And so they owned that certain week, you know, they could decide to rent it out, they could decide to use it, but when they paid for it, they paid for that designated week. So generally, each unit's going to have 52 weeks available. So they don't actually own the building, they own that week. And then what happened is a corporation or the LLC owned the building, and each one of the owners was able to give their input at a board meeting when changes are being made. So that's kind of what a timeshare is and how a timeshare works with all these different owners. So how does it work on coverages for flood insurance when it comes to timeshare? Well, generally these timeshares are gonna fall under a commercial building, you know, or a residential building. Now the key is going to be which form is used. Generally they're gonna they're gonna fall under the dwelling form if 75% of the property is used for residential use. Is going to be the key here. If it's used for commercial use more than 25% then it would probably fall under something else but you want to pay attention to the 75% rule of where a property has to be used for 75% residential in order to be considered other residential if not then it could be written as what's called a non-residential property which may have some different ratings for you and different guidelines as well so that's what we wanted to talk about when it came to timeshares and having these coverages and things available so if you've got questions about maybe properly insuring your timeshare the right way against flooding, or what can you do to minimize the risk of flooding on your timeshare, you know, whether it's Tybee Island, Georgia, whether it's New York City or San Francisco, California, who's getting a new updated map, flood map soon, make sure to visit our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. Remember, we have an educational background on flood mitigation, which means we're here to help you understand your flood risks flood insurance, and mitigating your property long-term. My name's Chris Green, president and owner of the Flood Insurance Guru, and I want to say thank you for tuning in to this episode on what are timeshares and how do they work when it comes to flood insurance.